The Christian world needs more spirit-filled teaching. So often we have fiery preaching without substance or doctrine without life. But we seek to join the two. We seek to bring theology on fire. This is Andrew Wilkes. This is Leah Wilkes. And this is Theology on Fire. I'm going to get straight to it today. I'm just so stirred up right now. So much is happening in our world, and I just want to say the title. It's No More Games, This is War. No More Games, This is War. I really just want to preach to you. Our Christian life is not a game. We need to quit acting like it's a game. When we were saved by Jesus, we were enlisted into his ranks. We were clothed with battle array with armor, with things placed upon us that are made to go forward, that are made to defend against the attacks of the enemy, things that are meant to advance something, a kingdom, because a soldier fights for a cause. We fight not for an earthly cause, but for the kingdom of our Lord God. We have been adopted as children, and we have been made soldiers of Jesus. I find myself wasting my time, I find myself wasting my energy with the things of this world. I find myself losing sight of that which God has made me for and that which he has called me to. His purposes, primarily being a soldier of the cross. This earth is a battlefield. And what makes it so extremely difficult is that our enemy is not physical. It makes it hard to stay awake. It makes it hard to stay alert whenever you don't see an enemy. You know, so many times we can get caught up and we can look at people and we can think they're our enemies. We can see causes which are ungodly, immoral, and think that those things are our enemies. But underneath it all, underneath it all, or above it all, in a sense, like a person with strings, pulling strings everywhere, is our enemy, Satan, the deceiver. The one who tempted Adam and Eve in the garden. The one who shall be bound for a thousand years and finally thrown into a lake of fire. As we see at the end of our great book, the Bible. But he is our enemy. And we do not see him. We simply see the fruit, the poisonous fruit that emanates from that wicked root. I know that the people who listen to this, they're primarily first world Western Christians. About eight out of every 10 people who listen to this are in the United States or Canada. The other 20%, they come from Western Europe, primarily the UK, other parts of the world, several listeners. And I just want to tell you, I believe that we've put our light under a bushel. Jesus said that a person with sense does not light a lamp and then put it underneath something, because then what would be the point on? Or in more modern terms, if I were to turn on a light switch... I'm turning it on for a reason to see. So if I turn it on and then put blinders over my eyes, it would make no sense. Or if I were to turn on a flashlight or a torch and put my hand over it, it would just be very foolish. Christ is the light of the world and lives within us. And this life wants to push forth and light up darkness And I myself have been so guilty at times of hiding this light. Guys, we cannot do that anymore. We cannot do it. The world we live in is so dark. The time is so short. 
Do you know what we're depriving people around us? We think we're going to get their bad looks. They're going to hell. They've had abortions. They're drug addicted. They have friends who have committed suicide. Their partners have committed adultery. They need the light. They need the light. How dare we ever hide it from them? Jesus told the parable about the seed being his word, sown upon the different soils. And what I'm really brought to mind about is the seed that fell among the thorns and was choked out. And he interpreted this parable and said that it was choked out by the cares of this life. And I know of no other generation, perhaps like ours, that has so many cares. Oh, if you want to care about your clothing, oh, I mean, you could get lost in your Instagram feed and scroll and scroll. If you want to get lost in purchases, if you want to get lost in education, whatever, whatever you want, you could have lifestyle, just a designer lifestyle of any sort now. Find a group, your education for your children, choked out by the cares of this life. And rather than loving and serving Jesus truthfully and fully and giving him all of ourselves, we are divided. We find ourselves choked by things that, though we hate to admit it, we love more because they bring immediate pleasure. And the things of Christ can often lead us into painful circumstances and painful places when we follow Christ. Don't forget that when Jesus went to the cross, the crowds got smaller and smaller and smaller until he finally went to a garden. And then he brought three to pray with him. And then he went further and was all alone as he submitted to the will of his Father. And this could be a type and a shadow of our life with Christ, that there are going to be moments where we feel utterly alone. And it's simply more pleasurable to turn on a football game. We're guaranteed persecution. It's such a new concept to some of us in the West. It's been soft before, but now you'll get canceled if you speak out against the stream of public opinion. You'll be shut down. You'll be thought evil of. Why didn't many of those who believed on Jesus follow him? In the Gospel of John, we're told on several occasions that people believed upon Christ, but they would not confess him openly because they feared being kicked out of the synagogue. They feared being kicked out of the town square, as it were, of the religious life. They, it says further that they loved the praises of men more than the praises of God. And so they rejected the Messiah, though they believed in him. They would not confess him openly. Very few were those at the cross. In fact, the disciples of Jesus, they weren't there, as far as we know, except for one, the, gospel, the one who wrote the Gospel of John. And Jesus said to him, Care for my mother. Even more amazing, a few that cared enough to bury him properly. Perhaps you and I enjoy comfort. Perhaps you enjoy comfort. May God deliver us from this trap of a natural reasoning, this tame Christianity that offends no one on this earth except God and deprives us of a true and a living reality of his presence because we are quiet before men. It's time to quit playing games. This is war. Too afraid to speak up. And we bow down to the enemy when confronted in our culture. They'll blast transgenderism. They'll say an eight-year-old can determine the sex of their body. Though they were born one way, we believe it's up to them to go and to have medicine put into their body with chemicals completely foreign to them. And this is right. Deny it. 
say it's wrong. We'll cancel you, call you a bigot. But yet we cow down and don't even declare, there's hope for you. Can I pray for you? God, wake me up. God, help me to realize this is war. We're told in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 1-7, through 7, Paul speaking to his son in the faith, the pastor, Timothy, You then, my child, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Let his grace strengthen you, work in you, divinely empowering you. To what end? And what you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Share and suffering as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. Share in suffering. Don't simply watch others suffer. You partake in it, not seeking to be a glutton for punishment, not seeking to draw attention to myself in a fleshly, ungodly manner, as some would do, seeking to blast and destroy the wicked sinners in their midst. No, but simply hearing and obeying the voice of God knowing that it will bring suffering, knowing that as the Apostle Paul also said, those who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus shall endure suffering. It's simply the path of Christ. There is no servant greater than their master. If they called him a child of the devil, what will they call you and I? This is what Jesus told his disciples. No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuits, since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. An athlete is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. It is the hard-working farmer who ought to have the first share of the crops. Think over what I say, for the Lord will give you understanding and everything. Three personalities here. Three hard-working, enduring, suffering personalities. A soldier, an athlete, and a farmer. It requires endurance, an endurance that we do not have in ourselves. But we are assured that if we will partake and be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, He working in me will do that which I am called to, namely to endure to the end. I want to tell you to wake up. Maybe you've been waiting in America for some revolutionary Messiah, this mysterious Q or this QAnon, someone who will pull the rug out from under those with a socialist agenda and restore the glories of America and bring us back to the Constitution. Let me remind you for a moment of the judges of old, the Hebrew judges in the Old Testament for which the book Judges is named after. So many, they were called, they were raised up, anointed by God, and they all fell short. Samson had his Achilles heel of lust and failed, though he brought some relief. Stop putting your trust in men and authority. They will fail you. They are not coming to rescue you on the day of judgment, and they are not coming to rescue others on the day of judgment. Put your trust in God. Pray for those in authority. Vote Petition what you should. Call your elected officials. But stop getting swept up in the heroes of this earth. They will fail you. They are but mere mortals. This was the issue in the days of Jesus. That Jewish nation was looking for a glorious physical leader to restore their nation against the wicked Romans, against the ungodly heathen. And yet, how did he come in? Did he restore Jerusalem at that time? No. 
What if I were to tell you that America is not in the book of Revelation? That's true. What if I were to tell you that your country could possibly crumble within months and at most several decades? Would your focus change? Would you bunker down and stock up ammo or would you pour out your life for Christ? To my European and British friends, maybe you've been lured to sleep by your pluralistic societies, one which says you must accept everyone as they are if you're to be a good citizen of that nation. Moral relativism, neither true nor untrue. Everyone has their own truth. Whether they're a Hindu, a Muslim, the agnostic, the Scientologist, and your society, it says all of them are on equal footing with the believer in Christ in regards to truth. Who are you to think differently? That is a lie. It is a lie. In the garden, they were tempted with knowledge. And as if you somehow have knowledge of these other faiths and religions that somehow you're woke, you're trying to please man, you will fail them, yourself and God. Adam and Eve were perfect in their knowledge of God. You are perfect in a sense in your faith in Christ, in the sense of it being true and right and morally good because God dictates what is moral and true, not man who wavers. Otherwise, you will be changed at every given moment based on popular opinion. If you live for God alone, for Christ alone, by his word alone, by faith alone, by grace alone, you will lose the good favor of man, but you will have a rich relationship with Christ on earth. And God willing, you're going to bring some souls with you to heaven. We're told that he who wins souls is wise. We're not told that he who doesn't offend his extended family is wise, that he who tries to be the best friend to every other religion so you can feel accepted is wise, who he who takes up every cultural uh, issue is wise, he who wins souls is wise. And the only way to win souls is by the preaching of the gospel, for it is by the foolishness of preaching that man is saved. It's foolishness. It's foolishness. And especially to my European friends, are you willing to be foolish for Christ? Have you counted the cost? What will their good opinions matter when they are in hell? Search yourself. See if you really be in the faith. Is this just something your parents grew you up in? Is this just something that, where they are even hypocrites? Is this something where you just go to church on a Sunday to feel part of a, a faith community because that is what your nation does? no matter what it is. This is straight talk, but we are in straight tend times. It's time to be honest with ourselves before God. Am I wasting my time? Am I hobbies? My education, my life, hobbies are not wrong. Education is not wrong. Do they swallow me up? Do they choke out the life of Christ? Do I know what God wants from my life? Do I have a vital and loving relationship with Christ where I know when he's actually displeased with my sin? or disobedience, or laziness, and I feel His grace to walk out this faith in hard times. I'm not talking about a bootstrap Christianity where you pull yourself up by your bootstrap. Americanism, I don't know if you understand this, but it means simply, I'm going to pull myself up by my own strength. I'm going to pull on, pull myself up in a hard time and just keep going by my own willpower. You can pull on those bootstraps of self-effort all you want, but the shoestrings, the bootstraps will break and you will be left more defeated and discouraged than when you started. 
I'm talking about not self-will and I'm going to do this this year, but casting ourselves at the feet of God, letting him fill us with his gracious spirit and gently, powerfully, boldly leading us into a world that despises Christ. And let me tell you something. If he were alive today, they would crucify him again because this world has not changed. The God of this world, Satan, has not changed. It says, if you don't know him, you lie in the embrace embrace of the wicked one. But let me tell you, they don't have Jesus to crucify anymore. They have you and me. Again, if you speak against the flow of this earth, you're going to be canceled. You're going to be called a bigot. Lose your job, prospects, be unfriended, unfollowed, unliked. Are we really so shallow as to think that means we're wrong? Where were the voices that spoke up against the Nazis in Germany? They were hated. They were despised. They were against the flow of their time. And yet we stand on more sure foundation of truth in the midst of a wicked world than even those people did. We stand not only for the natural, but the spiritual life. We need to humble ourselves. We need to ask Jesus, purify me. Purify me, God. Burn in me with passion, with ardent love for you. With you, Lord, and the lost, don't let me seek to rail against the heathen and break them with loud Facebook posts and and trying to be some sort of a YouTube prophet, but to be broken myself for them with a broken heart of God being lived out in me as the heart of Christ and the cross was broken and he cried out, God, forgive them. They do not know what they are doing. That is what we are being called to here. So I just want to say, stop. Don't run and do. Run to Jesus and let him do something in you. Don't think of ways after you hear this to go and speak. Be quiet and let him speak in you. Hear the orders from our heavenly general and do only that which you hear from his word and feel prompted by his spirit for that will bear fruit unto our Lord and our God, our general and our captain. Join yourself to the body of Christ. Forgive those who have been wounded you. Maybe you've been hurt in ministry. Maybe you've been jaded by religion. I'm not calling you to that. I'm calling you to the one who has never harmed you, the living God, the one who sent his son for you to die for you. Release those in your heart who have wronged you and be free in Christ to serve Christ. Give yourself your time and give your money to your local assembly. Stop being greedy. Stop thinking it's for your hobbies, that boat, that education and everything else. Give generously unto God and watch him pour into your life. Put him first. Blow the dust off your Bible. Turn on the worship music. Or maybe you need to turn it off. Just get to the presence of God and ask him by his grace to keep you there every day of your life. We are fighting this war again against an invisible enemy, against Satan, his host of devils, my own fleshly desires and the temptations that this world barrages me with. But we are assured the victory in Christ Jesus our Lord because he has won it on the cross, we are invited to partake in the spoils of war, 
to the eternal glory in Christ Jesus, to be conformed to his image, that though it appear that no good could come from my situations as I follow Christ, I can rest assured, as one commentator has said, that behind the scenes, God is working all things out for good, as we are told in Romans. We are invited to partake in a battle that has been won and cannot be lost, no matter who's in the White House, no matter who's in the Parliament, or whether the stock markets fail and disintegrate tomorrow in a single moment. This is a fight of faith and obedience to Christ, but we are hoping for that which Paul also spoke of when he said, in 2 Timothy 4, 6, I am already being poured out as a drink offering to the last drop. I'm being emptied out and swallowed up by this earth. The time of my departure has come. I have fought the good fight. I have finished my race. I have kept the faith. All by the grace of God. And what else did he say? Henceforth, There is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day. And not only to me, but also to all who have loved his appearing. Beloved listener who may not even know Christ, though you may think you have known him, maybe God is awakening you in this moment to your need for him. You are not guaranteed this crown, but to those who love is appearing. Would you call out to Christ to save your soul? Admit to him you do not know him and believe upon him and you will be saved. And you too can have this guarantee of this reward by a righteous judge. Let us hold fast to God, the God who holds fast to us. Let us cling to him who clings to us. Let us love and be spent for him, believer, who has loved us and was spent for us on the cross. Let us hold fast in love and devotion by the grace of God to the author and the finisher of our faith. No more games. This is war. God, do this in us, and I ask it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Theology on Fire. Please subscribe so you won't miss new episodes. All of our information and contact details can be found at theologyonfire.org.